Welcome, friends, followers, and fellow book lovers. I'm excited to bring to you this new episode where I share with you another book that I've read. Some of the information in this episode is dated. For example, the old website is ironwheel.net, and the new website is turningleafs.com. Now on to the book review. This is the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and it has been... Man, it's it's been like 20 years since I think I read this the last time. And um, the leadership group I'm a part of, this is the book. We actually were going to start last December. And then one of the leaders made a recommendation to do a different book first and then come back to this. So I'm actually getting ready to study this again with, um, with some people that I really look up to. And uh, in reading this book this time, I was amazed at how much of principle-based living is integral to who I am. And I don't want you guys to take that as, um, well, hopefully you guys don't take that as a brag in any way because it, it's not meant to be. Um, it just, it was surprising to me to see the things that have become the things that that mr covey teaches dr covey teaches have become part of the way i think about things and the way i i view things on a personal level and that's kind of my point with that so the if you're not familiar with with this book um it is one of my personal top 10 books, um, maybe honorable mention. I don't remember exactly that. I don't have the website up to look at it. Um, but it's, it's a very important book, um, to me personally. And he, Dr. Covey teaches of, um, seven, seven habits that affected people that powerful, capable people that they, that they use. Okay. And they are, um, you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to pretend like I know them. Like I have them memorized. Let me go look for one of the diagrams in the book here. All right. Uh, so habit one is be proactive. Habit two is begin with the end in mind. Habit three is put first things first. And these three habits create private victories, personal growth, um, success in one's own internal life. Our thinking changes, our, our attitudes change. We learn to put forth effort to grow as a person. And the the whole premise of that is that we develop uh, a sense of ourselves, a sense of our our character and nature that we that we grow personally. And um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll back here 
and um, start with um, Oh, let me see if I can find the right spot here. That's the overview. Okay, I'm skipping in here into the very, very beginning of habit one. Okay. And and the whole the whole premise of being proactive is that we develop um ourselves to um to res to respond not wait hold on a second let me think if that's the right terminology um that we choose our responses instead of directly acting on the stimulus that comes in. So he, he talks about that there is a space between, um, there's a space between the stimulus, what's going on, and our ability to respond. And to be quite honest with you, that is something that we develop. Um, a good response is something that we have to develop over time. Some of us um, are already capable of doing that uh, because of maybe our upbringing or the way that we process information. There are some different factors that come into play there. Um, I can tell you from my own personal experience, this is something that I have had to intentionally cultivate in myself. Um, and... Dr. Covey in here talks about a man named Victor Frankel. Um, if you have not, if you're not familiar with him, I'd highly recommend you take a look at Victor Frankel's work. Um, and I cannot remember the name of his his book that kind of launched him into um, renown. I don't know that he's he's quite at the fame level. Um, but let me just pull this up here. Hopefully you guys will be able to see this. So this is a diagram, okay, called the proactive model. And um, in that space, we have time to choose. And it has to be something that we cultivate. Uh, one, of the sex, one of the things I highlighted in this section is that proactive people are driven by values, carefully thought about, selected, and internalized values. It's something that we cultivate within ourselves is what he's saying. Um, and that reactive people are driven by feelings, by circumstances, by conditions, by their environment. Um, something that used to, something that used to, I used to respond negatively to is when my kids would hit my wife. Um, you know, a six month old, uh, doesn't, doesn't understand necessarily what they're doing. And I had to, right then, that first time, learn to peel back my response. Because it would not be appropriate to discipline him the same way you would a seven-year-old child, for example. <clears throat> and it took, and it, that caused me to start, to start thinking 
and about, oh, let me not react right away to this full force. This is a child. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't understand. And that caused me to um, start putting some of those in there as a parent. Uh, that stimulus and response break in there. And then in, in some cases, I decided ahead of time how to handle a disciplinary situation. So that I wasn't reacting on the emotions of the situation. But that I was handling it without my anger controlling the situation. So... On the next page, um, this is page 81 in my book, uh, it says that nothing ha has a greater, longer lasting impression upon another person than the awareness that someone has transcended suffering, has transcended circumstance, and is embodying and expressing value that inspires, embodies, and lifts life. That's something that Viktor Frankl um, espoused because he... Um, he really, in the um, in the concentration camps, in the concentration camps of World War II, discovered that he could have, while his body could be um, controlled, locked up, he was able to figure out that he had ultimate freedom because he could choose how he responds to the things that were going on around him. He can choose anger. He could choose peace. He could ultimately decide how to respond and act. Going on, on page 83, Dr. Covery writes, Solution selling and... Oh, let me go back. Okay. So this is about taking initiative. Over the years, he counseled people who wanted better jobs to to show more initiative, to take interest and aptitude tests, to study the industry, even the specific problems the organizations they were interested in facing, okay? And to bring solutions to the problems. So for us as individuals, what this says to me is that we have to figure out, we have to see the problem that we were facing, and then we have to figure out the solution for ourselves. And that, um, a person who, a person who holds another, an individual who holds another person to the responsible course of action, is it's not demeaning, it is affirming, okay? That you're affirming that um, that individual's ability to choose and to grow. Um, case in point, I have a son who is uh, nine years old, and he has a habit of taking things that aren't his. Tonight, he was accused of taking something that wasn't his, and he uh, kept it together. After prayer, after evening prayer as a family, he went to bed, and then I could hear him crying. And uh, when I went down to tuck him and his brother in, I pulled that child aside and said, hey, what's going on? How come you're crying? And he didn't answer me, 
but I kind of sensed what was going on. So I asked him, I said, is this because you're upset because we don't trust you with this thing that happened? And he said, yes. I have been working with him, trying to help him understand that this is a situation that he can't, as Dr. Covey teaches in this, as it's taught elsewhere, you can't talk your way out of a situation you behave yourself into, okay? And so I've been trying to, like, talk to him about this and to try and get him to understand, like, understand where he's at and help him kind of dig inside himself and find the initiative to make the changes. And what, what he's starting to show, and I'm super proud of him, is he's starting to show initiative by walking away from things that tempt him in this particular area um, and, and not doing the thing that he's getting in trouble for. He's been getting in trouble for. He's being proactive. He's working on himself to, to change. Uh, one of the things that, that Dr. Covey highlights is that there's the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we talk to others can be either reactive or proactive. And what he's trying to get us to do here is he's trying to help us to be proactive. Okay. So uh, a reactive person says, there's nothing I can do. Uh, that's just not the way I am. He makes me so mad. They won't allow that. I have to do that. I can't. I must. If only. The proactive person will say, let's look at our alternatives. I can choose a different approach. I control my own feelings. I can create an effective presentation. I will choose an appropriate response. I choose. I prefer. I will. So we, this whole, this whole focus is that we are taking action by choice and we are working to to kind of iron out the entropy, the laziness, the um the rough areas in our personality. So he goes on to tell a story about a man who um, talks about the feeling of love. He doesn't love his wife. And, and, and Stephen teaches him that, that love is a verb. Love the feeling is a fruit of love the verb. So love her, serve her, sacrifice, listen to her, empathize, appreciate, affirm her. And, and these are all things that we that we should be doing with other people that we interact with. You know, my son tonight, I, one of the things I said as I talked with him is that I believe he can change, that he can become a better person, that he can break this bad habit that he has created. Um, and it's, it's kind of thing where, you know, I, I look in my own self and there's things that I need to fix all the time. And there's only so much work that we can do on ourselves um, as, as we improving it better, we can solve more of those problems 
even at a faster rate. It's not something, though, that initially getting started uh, comes quickly. Uh, I can tell you from my own personal experience that looking back now over 24 years, maybe, uh, of focused personal change, um, there's stops and starts and there's areas of struggle there that have that have come over time that improvement i should say comes over time and it really makes me content as i look back over my progress and see the climb that i've made um from the uh from Brandon Sanderson's books, um, the uh, the Stormlight Archives, archives, um, there's a, a group of warriors, and they have these sayings that they say, and one of them is "journey before destination," and that means a lot to me personally because that is a description to me of life, that life is a journey. And we're on this grand adventure of discovering who we are. Um, I, I don't know what I'm going to look like in 20 years as a personality, as a person. I have aspirations, I have hopes of what I will be able to do, the things that I will be able to accomplish. So one of the things that that um, that Dr. Covey then shifts to in this is that we have two circles, okay? Um, and I'm going to show this graphic here, right here, this circle of concern and circle of influence. Now, the circle of influence is primarily ourselves. As we live a life according to principle and value, that circle of influence expands to family members, to the friends, to loved ones, um, to, to business partners, to coworkers. And our circle of concern... Um, can diminish over time uh, because our, our our positive and proactive influence grows. Okay, so we we are to change our habits, change our methods of influence, and change the way that we see our our problems whether they are, are are something we can actually address with our circle of influence or something that we we are not able to um it is the it is the nature of reactive people to absolve themselves of responsibility 
it's so much safer to say I'm not responsible. If I say I'm responsible, I have to say, I might have to say I am irresponsible. So, uh, one of my good friends, um, Rob Robson does this audio where he talks about, um, having faith about cause of faith that you make it. It's about exercising faith and growing into, um, a better person. And and he tells the story where he's talking to to a friend of his parents who is willing to is offered to coach him and to kind of help him out of these rough spot that he's in. And he he says Rob says, I'm not responsible for this. This I'm not responsible for this. This stuff that happened to me. And the mentor's like, no Rob. Like you you own this. You made you made these mistakes, you, you've got to own it. And taking responsibility for, excuse me, taking responsibility for our circumstances, for the things that are going on in our lives, whether, whether we really are whether we really own it, like it's really on us, or we just take responsibility for it to work to, to proactively change things and make them better, it, it changes the way we think. It changes the way that we look at problems. We start to look at how do I solve this? How do I make, what can I do to make this better? And, and sometimes, you know, um, that causes communication problems because we're focused on fixing something and somebody just wants to talk about it, for example. Um, the proactive approach is to change from the inside out, to be different, and by being different, to affect positive change in what's out there. I can be more resourceful. I can be more diligent. I can be more creative. I can be more cooperative. Um, and a really good example of this in my own personal life is... Um, a couple of years ago, uh, when I got connected to this leadership group that I'm, I'm part of now, um, in, in the first six months of getting involved, um, I had some growing pains. But that growth caused a change in my kids. Um, a really good example of that is uh, one summer I was going on some business trips at the time. And on that Monday, the, the Monday I flew out for the first trip, my three youngest boys cried themselves to sleep because I wasn't there to tuck them in. Um, and, and the, the kind of kicker to that is I had been traveling for like four or five years, maybe already for this. And they didn't care when I left. They, they didn't. Um, three weeks later, I was coming home from another trip. And I got home. I was able to schedule my flight. So I got home before dinner time or before bedtime. Right around dinner time or so. And um, I got home and I, I, I brought my stuff in. And I went and um, sat in my chair, my recliner. And all three of those boys climbed up into my lap. And... 
that's something else that had never happened before either. They actually missed me, and they were glad that I was home. And that's the kind of change that we can create in our personal lives. Now, this is a a case of I, I grew enough that my kids loved to be around me more. They loved it when I was home. Uh, to this day, um, they don't like it when I'm going to be gone for a couple of days. But uh, sometimes work and sometimes the business they require they require that of me is that I need to spend time doing some other things outside the home. Um, so we we choose. We make a decision in our lives to to improve and to go forward. Um, Dr. Covey talks about here in this section that um, page 97 in my book, it says sometimes the most proactive thing we can do is to be happy, just to genuinely smile. Happiness like unhappiness is a proactive choice. And it really is something that we, we can choose. Um, oh man, there's a book written a couple years ago about that. And I don't remember... I don't remember the name of the book right now. Um, it's probably on my book list, though, at turningleafs.com. Um, I'll see if I uh, if I remember to look it up, and, and I'll put it in the I'll, I'll drop it in the comment section, um, or I'll drop it in the description if this is on when this goes up on YouTube. One of the things that that a person learns in studying principle-based living is that we are free to choose our actions. We are, you know, you already know that, obviously. You can choose whatever you want to do, right? Well, we don't get to choose our consequences. There are natural things that come um, to us based on our course of action, okay? Case in point, My nine-year-old um, is uh, suffering from us not trusting him. And it, it's a direct response to his choices. Um, and he's starting to feel that and to understand that he's... Um, kind of broken himself on the principle and now he's learning to to change so uh it goes on here on the next page page 99 in my book it is important to immediately admit and correct our mistakes so that they have no power over the next that next moment and we are empowered again at the very heart of our circle of influence is our ability to make and keep commitments and promises the commitments we make to ourselves and to others and our integrity to those commitments are the essence and clearest manifestation of our proactivity. So, the first place we learn to make commitments is to ourselves. That we are going to do what we say we're going to do. And let me tell you, there are things that I 
that I struggle with, that I break that commitment to myself and redo it all the time. Because I haven't figured out how to get that wiring sorted. Um, and and kind of get my head around how I keep that commitment to myself. Um, I have started writing rules, which may sound kind of a, a Old Testament esque. Uh, what is that? The uh, the Talmud, I believe, the the Jewish book of laws, the six hundred or so laws that that they they wrote to help them keep the commandments. Because it's an area I've struggled with for a long time, and as my buddy Jeremy Slade talks about, if if you if you've been on one road forty years to get off that road and go another path, it takes time. You've got to allow yourself that time to to change, hold yourself accountable, but change. So he ties up this chapter here with uh, a couple different applications. And he says that remind yourself of the gap between stimulus and response. Make a commitment to yourself to exercise your freedom to choose. And so what, what I'm saying is that sometimes our, our stimulus and response in areas can be completely broken, defunct, okay? However, we can fix it. It takes effort. It takes time. And that's kind of what I'm saying is like in this area that I'm working on, okay, I, I know what I need to do. There are even times when I get it right. And then there are times where I completely don't get it right. Um, and that's d just something that I have to keep working on. Um, so that's that's habit one, is to be proactive. Okay? And that kind of puts together that section. Um that first part. Uh, habit two is begin with the end in mind. And, and Dr. Covey recommends that to, to do this in the best way is to, is to put everything away and imagine that you're writing your own obituary at the end of your life. And, and what you would want people to say. about you um on page 114 in my version of the book he says put another way habit one says you are the creator habit two is the first creation the the work that we do that we we create our image of what we want we look forward to um the success that we envision. And then we have to work towards it, okay? And it's something that that is not um, 
the right words are coming here. It, it's that um, we create a vision, a goal. He recommends writing a mission statement, which I totally concur with. Uh, I had one. Um, I, I don't even know if I have a copy of it anywhere anymore, but I had one that I had written probably when I first read Seven Habits. Um, and as I was reflecting the other day on it, um, in a lot of ways, I fulfilled it and outgrew it, which is great because then I need to pick something. I need to create a vision that's bigger, more challenging, something more to strive for. Uh, one of the things that I deeply believe in is that we we need accountability to ourselves and, and to those that we look up to. Um, and what that looks like is that we're challenged to improve. Um, that accountability uh, is to spur us to action, to personal growth, to put in the work to become the best version of ourselves. And if you're a religious person, in most theologies, I believe that's an essential part of it, it is self-improvement. I'm a Christian personally. I think most of you guys know that if you've been watching me. So one of the things that he talks about here is the principle center. And that principles don't die. They aren't here one day and gone the next. They can't be destroyed by fire, earthquake, or theft. This is page 136 in my version of the book. Principles are deep fundamental truths, classic truths, generic common denominators. They are tightly interwoven threads running with exactness, consistency, beauty, and strength through the fabric of life. Um, another way to sum this up is is that you can be a good person, not a perfect person, but a good person, and, and those those true principles will show in who you are, and will hopefully set an example for your circle of influence. Now, one of the beautiful things about this is that you, you, I, we. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be on the journey, on the course. Of, sorry, my nose is really itchy tonight. On the course of going forward and getting better. Okay. So, on page 137, the personal power that comes from principle centered living is the power of self aware, knowledgeable, proactive individual unrestricted by attitudes, behaviors, and actions of others, or by many of the circumstances and environmental influences that limit other people. The only real limitation of power is the natural consequences of the principles themselves. We are free to choose our actions based on our knowledge of correct principles, but we are not free to choose the consequences of those actions. Remember, if you pick up one end of the stick, you pick up the other. Principles always have natural consequences attached to them. In the case with my son, he's 
suffering the natural consequences. And he is is growing growing through that experience. Um, and I can tell you from personal experience that he is going to come out the other side a much, much better person. Um, much stronger, much more capable individual because of this. And I am excited for his personal growth. Okay. Uh, despite the pain it's causing him right now. It's it's going to pay off. Okay. So create that end goal. Learn the principles. Live by them. And your lens, the way that you see the world, will change. That you will grow. Okay. Uh, one of the things in your mission statement that you need to take into account is what your roles and responsibilities are. How to how to live them. How to um, how you want to be viewed. <laughs> uh, funeral and all um, by your family, and, and you you got to understand too that we're not dictating that everyone will legitimately see you as you are because we all see the world as we are. Okay. <clears throat> However, a principle centered person will see you for who you truly, truly are. Okay. One of the things that his son, Sean adds to this section in page 161 is leadership is communicating to another, their worth and potential so clearly they are inspired to see it in themselves. And that's one of the things that I have been kind of, in essence, trying to do with my boys. I have four sons, um, and I want to set a standard for them to live up to. And this is challenging and frustrating for both them and for me. Um, my oldest son right now is um, struggling with some responsibilities and doing things in a, in a timely manner. I'll just, it's the easiest way to put that. He's capable of figuring out. He hasn't figured it out yet. Is what my point is. I know he'll figure it out. Because he has the ability to do so. I will admit. Maybe I'm just a little biased. But my kids are smart guys. And uh, their mom is a pretty brilliant person too. So she's got that going on. So okay. Habit three is put first things first. And. What this is, is exactly what it sounds like. Is that you put the most important things first. Uh, have you ever seen a demonstration of the, the, the jar and the rocks? 
the pebbles and the sand and the water. That's what this is about, okay? Putting those first things first, those important things um, in order so that the smaller things then come into play when, when it's their time. A really good example of this is um, one of the things that I need is personal time in the morning. And uh, Lauren will tell you that that's true. Uh, when we got married, she asked me to uh, sleep in, to cuddle with her. because She's a cuddler. She likes to cuddle. And uh, at the after she got up on day three, she's like, I don't want to see you tomorrow morning until I wake up. Get up and do your stuff. And I, in, in all fairness, I did tell her um, that I needed to do my morning routine. Um, and since then, she's given me a lot of grace to do that. And on the days where things don't go as, as I plan, family life, uh, she's also extended grace to me and <clears throat> allowed me to to go ahead and get some extra time when I needed it. Putting first things first means that we need to take time to define those things to kind of organize our roles and responsibilities, uh, our daily habits. Um, a lot of things that are our first thing, first priorities um, are things that aren't urgent, but that are important. In my personal case, my morning routine is critical. Yes. I can manage without it being a perfect morning routine, things not going exactly right. However, um, I usually will then try to make time to get in there and to do that. So... <clears throat> Um, all right. He says that the basic problem is that priorities have not been come deeply planted in their hearts and minds. Um, and they haven't really internalized habit too. this habit of, of seeing the end in mind. Okay. Uh, he talks about four quadrants. Quadrant two is the big quadrant where you put the important but not urgent things first. You organize your life around that concept. Um, and, and one of the things that, that he talks about in, in living that is um, you think effectiveness with people and efficiency with things. And I got to tell you, that is one area where I personally struggle with. Because sometimes I just want things to be effective. Excuse me. People to be effective. 
or to have something go effectively and I forget about that this this is another individual and that the relationship is more important okay so people are more important than things and that is something that um that is something that is a challenge for some people especially if you're a choleric personality type like i am um but what what you learn is that you can build a relationship that you can invest in the other person and build a strong relationship so that they understand their roles and responsibilities and they're able to to do the things that they need to do or that you need them to do in the case of my children there's things that they just need to do and they they struggle with that uh, putting first things first is also about um, mentorship uh, with with your kids with your staff if you're an employer of some kind or your employees if you're a manager maybe and one of the things that he talks about in this chapter on page 200 is um, trust is the highest form of human motivation it brings out the very best in people but it takes time and patience and it doesn't preclude the necessity to train and develop people so that their competency can rise to the level of that trust and in short what that means is that it takes time to build a relationship time to improve things and time to invest in the other person so that way they um they grow okay uh in the case of my kids you know um if they're honest with us they're gonna get not a pass but they're gonna get a, a lesser punishment um a good case in point is one of my sons took something the other day that if he would have asked he would have been given some um and i asked him well how much did you take did you take a whole handful did you take a few he's like i took two so okay you can have them i just let it go um and I'm, I'm trying to with all of them i'm trying to teach them this that that honesty will win over the deceit the lies um i, I really there's so much kind of technical stuff in a way in this chapter um that it's hard to kind of uh to really to really cover it without you and i having a discussion about it okay um because it's really this really
this putting first things first is really where where someone's where we would have to have a conversation and talk about your priorities, okay? Um, okay, and and what those three habits do is they create the private victory um, and move you into the independence, okay? And which then moves into habit four, five, and six, which I will cover um, again, or I will cover, I mean, later. Uh, I've already gone on quite a long time. And while I really want to do these longer form videos, I don't want to be on here for, I don't even know how long I've been going, to be honest with you guys. I have not been watching the time at all. I just don't want to be on here for like an hour or something. Um, so I will stop here at, at uh, the end of habit three. Next time we'll do four, five, and six. And then we'll go on to sharpen the saw um, either at the end of that or we'll do that on its own. We'll see how it goes. So, all right, my friends, the book is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, if you haven't read it, highly recommend it. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can connect with me at turningleafs.com, L-E-A-F-S.com where you will find my social media links in the footer on the page. If you're looking for someone to help you level up your leadership and people skills, that's what I do at Turning Leaf Solutions. You can connect with me on the website and book a free consultation from there. My friends, I hope that you go out and make it a great day, and I hope you go out and make it a great month.